What's up, bro? Welcome to an episode of the Brandon Janu Show. As you already know, I am Brandon Janu, and this episode is, of course, a Brandon Janu Show uh, series, Wrestling Life. Uh, I can't wait to do this, man, and uh, this new episode. But before I get into all that, man, go follow me on uh, YouTube. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Brandon Janu Show. YouTube channel also on podcast platforms, Brandon Janu Show. All major podcasts. All podcast platforms, uh, brand new show. Uh, you can some you can subscribe, some you could just follow, hit the notification buttons on some. You could rate and review on some, man. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, everything will help. So appreciate everybody that's been listening, been watching, been viewing. Uh, it'll be shorts on uh, my YouTube channel or on my social media page, brand new show Instagram, uh, brand new show on TikTok as well. So if you guys have been following me, man, listening, anything, man, I appreciate it. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Appreciate everything, man. Appreciate you guys. So thank you, and I hope that you guys are enjoying uh, season six. Um, <clears throat> and uh, let's get into it. <laughs> um, so like I said, today's episode is wrestling life. Um, of course, I got to do reviews of Raw and SmackDown. But before I get into that, I got to talk about what's been going on in the other wrestling company, AEW. Now, like I said all the time, I don't watch AEW like that. It's just not my cup of tea. Uh, you know, I feel like with an AEW, you kind of have to, what's the word? Uh, with an AEW, you kind of, people that like AEW are like people that just like, uh, I can't even say wrestling. I don't even think you like wrestling. I think you like the the gotuity of it, like the the physical violence of it. Like they're bleeding in AEW. They bleed in AEW. They have a lot of, you know, a lot of things that WWE just doesn't do. So I um, mean, except if it's just Bob freaking accident, but um, that somebody starts bleeding on a canvas or something. But um, but yeah, AEW doesn't. AEW is more like a like a the athleticism of it and. All that, and that's great, and that's awesome. But I personally just can't get into AEW. That's just not my like. I can't get into it. I don't know why. I just can't get into AEW. Um, and yeah, I just can't. Um, but storylines. But they got a lot of amazing wrestlers there. I'm not gonna say that and act like it doesn't have any amazing wrestlers, but it got a lot. Um, but what's been going on at AEW? Is of course, if I don't want to talk about it, then it seems like I'm just oblivious to the shit. Um, and I'm not giving you a full wrestling life episode. Uh, but AEW um, is... <laughs> so they had a pay-per-view Sunday, last Sunday. And... Oh, man. Uh, All Out was too damn long. 15 wrestling matches. That's crazy. I did this Monday... But I just want to, when I did it Monday, it, was, it wasn't it was really 100% set in stone. But now it is. Uh, after the rest, after the pay-per-view went off, they had a media scrum where CM Punk, who had just, literally just won the, type, the top title in AEW, literally goes into the media scrum and just rips every single person from, you know, his former best friend, Coco Cabana, to... Adam Hankman Page, to, who was a former champion uh, of the company, who he beat the first time to get the title from, 
Um, and also, uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Now, ripping those three men is one thing. Ripping those three men, knowing damn well they are part owners of the company and executive vice presidents of the fucking company is a whole nother situation. The funny, the craziest thing about this is, and this is why people say you cannot relate, you cannot put AEW in the same boat as WCW. But the ownership, you can. I don't think Tony Khan is a is an owner of a company. Like, he, I, to me, I said this Monday, I feel like Tony Khan is just the money. Like, they need somebody to invest in a company. The wrestlers are like, we're here to wrestle. We will do whatever it takes to be the wrestlers. Just give us the money. <laughs> just start up the money. Give us the money. We will, we will do everything under the books. And it's just, it's just to me right now, man, it's just, I'm, I'm starting to look at this right now, and I'm saying to myself, I don't see how this is a good idea for, for Tony Khan, man. Like I said Monday on, on my Instagram Live um, about this. With Vince, even we could complain about Vince, but you knew Vince was the guy. He was the last voice of reason at the company. That was it. I mean, he got rid of wrestlers just because they didn't see each other eye to eye on creative. So you know Vince is running the company. For bad or for good, he was running the company. Now it's Triple H's turn to run uh, the creative side of the wrestling. Um, but you know who's in charge. And AEW, we say it's Tony Khan, but I don't really know if it's Tony Khan. I mean, you just strip and suspend your executive vice president. But that's more so of a, of a, of a repercussion because they got into a fight with CM Punk. <laughs> I, so it, it doesn't it, it it's 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 a it's a yeah I don't I don't know what AEW but they strip everybody of their titles CM Punk and people don't know if people don't know if CM Punk is done with AEW if he's just not going to come back to the company or if he's going to come back after his suspension because reportedly he well he did tear his shoulder. They don't know if it's his pec or his tricep or whatever, but he tore his shoulder. Um, so he's out for at least eight to eight to ten months uh, with that injury. Um, but yeah, uh, and also like I said, the young bucks and and and, and Kenny Omega is 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 you know suspended as well. Who just won your first ever trios championships? It's a mess at AEW. Let's just get that out of the way. So what they did is just say, you know what, we're going to first match. It was already a six-man tag match. Let's just give whoever wins this match the belts. Cool. Another thing about AEW I don't really like, and I'm going to probably address this. Maybe I, I should address it right now. I don't like all the fucking titles. Like, that's too many fucking titles on AEW, dude. Like, we could complain about WWE, but at least we know with WWE, they have a particular set of titles that we know is for the brand. Raw has the well, Raw needs to get, which I'm gonna talk about later. Also in this episode, Raw needs to get a top title, but they have the United States Championship, which is on Bobby Lashley. They also need to get tag team titles, but you can say Usos are on both shows because they do work both shows. Um, but they have a Raw Women's Champion. We know that 
SmackDown has Roman, who is the undisputed champion. Same thing with the Usos tag team titles, but the Intercontinental Champion is Walter. Well, Gunter, if you want to say it like that, but it's Gunter. Uh, and the Women's Champion is Liv. So we know what particularly uh, is going on in WWE. We know the titles. We know the brands. Even in the NXT situation, you know, um, we know they got an NXT Champion. We know they got an NXT Women's Champion. We know they got an NXT Tag Team Champions. I don't really know what they're doing with the women's tag team titles in NXT, uh, but they also have a North American championship, which, you know, is, is kind of like the Intercontinental and the, um, the Intercontinental in um, the United States for, for NXT, where it's like, you're not ready to be the guy yet, but we're going to give you this title to make you feel like, hey, when I'm ready to jump up, I can take that title from you when I feel like it. So, Yeah. But in AEW, it feels like they just got a bunch of titles that don't really mean anything. Like, outside of the AEW championship, that might be the only championship that actually matters in the company. Because the rest of the titles, the TBS and the TNT and the fuck are these titles? Like, I don't even know what the fuck that... Like, that's not real titles. <laughs> it's not real titles. I'm sorry. It's just not real titles. Like, it's not real titles. You got a North American title and... It's not North America, North, North Atlantic, Pacific titles, shit like that. It's like, what the fuck? What is this? Like, they got too many titles. And then they got Ring of Honor fight on AEW, which a lot of people are saying, like, why do you have Ring of Honor fighting on AEW when you should just give them their own TV show? Which, by the way, I don't think AEW, AEW should already, I think AEW, um, what's up, show on Friday nights, Rampage, just make that Ring of Honor. Just make that Ring of Honor. It just doesn't make any sense. To have AEW Dynamite it in a rampage where a lot of your people probably won't work rampage. It's only an hour show. So you might just give that to Ring of Honor. AEW Ring of Honor or some shit. I don't fucking know what you're gonna call it, but you need to give that shit just to Ring of Honor. But um yeah, AEW right now, a lot of people are trying to say, you know, they like how Tony Tony Khan is actually handling the situation. But he really isn't AEW's got a problem. This is what I felt. I felt like putting CM Punk back in the title match against John Moxley, even though they're going to have a longer match, and it's probably going to be a better match, which it was, it didn't make any sense to give CM Punk the title. Because you squashed him, and you made him seem like he was irrelevant to the company. If that's the case, why put a belt back on him when you literally just fucking played him like a fool in that situation? I don't understand that, but AEW is fixed, so we say. Um, but that shit's not fixable. That's not fixable, man. It's, it's you can patch it up for as long as you can patch it up for, but how long is these suspensions gonna last? And that's more so where I'm kind of at with, it, with the AEW situation. Um, but let's get into WWE for a second. Uh, let's get into WWE. So here's my reviews on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. I'll start with Raw first, I guess. I gotta remember some of Raw. Because it was Monday, and this is Saturday. So I don't remember everything I'm thinking about Raw. Uh, what I do know about Raw is this. It kicked off with the fatal four, a fatal four-way tag team match to see who's going to be the number one contenders. Which, by the way, that will be now on SmackDown next next Friday night. Um, to see who's going to be the fatal, who's going to be the new next tag team in, char- in place to fight the Usos for the tag team title match. Which, I'll get into that later. But anyway... Um, yeah, start out with a fatal four-way tag team title match, uh, t- uh, tag team 
number one contenders match. Uh, um, the Alpha Academy, New Day, Street Profits, and Lost. Uh, I don't know those dudes' names like that. I'm not about to even mess up the Spanish, so I'm just just gonna say Lost. Uh, um, but yeah, so it starts off. It was actually a really good fucking match. It was a really, really, really good match. Um, a lot of you know spots, a lot of incredible spots, a lot of things, a lot of this, a lot of that. Um, amazing competitive match, and then the return of Braun Strowman. <laughs> Just the return of Braun Strowman. Um, and he comes in and wrecks everybody. Yeah, he wrecks everybody. This is what I love, though, about this WWE now, and Triple H particularly. Is Triple H is now like, you know what? Since we technically aren't having a drive to probably WrestleMania, to after WrestleMania, Let's really blend everybody into each other. Like, it shouldn't just be the Usos and Roman. The Usos are tag team champions of both. The undisputed tag team champions. So, let's put the best SmackDown teams versus the best Raw teams. And let's make it happen. And I like that idea. It's a pretty smart fucking idea. Because it's like... You don't want to make it seem like you don't have anybody fighting the Usos for the fucking titles. Now, do I think the Street Profits should win this this Fatal Four Way next month, next Friday? I mean, do you want to see another Street Profits Usos match? I would love to see it, but it's also like I would love to see the Usos versus the New Day. I can never get tired of those matches, but maybe we do need to give a new tag team a new opportunity. And I mean, if you have been using Alpha Academy like you've been using Alpha Academy. Why would you not put them into the conversation and let them fight the Usos, which I think will be more compelling because we've never seen the Usos versus Alpha Academy. I think they'd be really fucking dope. But the match, like I said, got derailed by Braun Strowman, which we, we will see fatal for uh, the fatal four-way tag team went in the market to the match next Friday. Braun Strowman is the main thing. He did come back. He is back in WWE. It was a rumor. And the rumor was confirmed because he came back. Now, do I believe that now Braun Strowman back in WWE does this now change the narratives of what WWE did with him before he left? I think before Braun left, he had an okay uh, universal title run. The problem was he was still going up against a Bray Wyatt. And Bray Wyatt is probably the most over wrestler I've ever seen since maybe Stone Cold and The Rock. That character, Bray Wyatt, is just a different human. Like, he's just different. Anywhere you, when he came out with, the, you know, the Wyatt family to being the Fiend, he's just different. Like, the fact that he could just switch between the Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt, and the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, it's, it was, it's incredible. Go watch a, a, on YouTube where, Brian Strowman, I think it was right at the beginning of the COVID, and they're in the, the performance center. And Bray Wyatt is talking about re erecting, re erecting the dead. You know, <clears throat> and Brian Strowman, sorry, excuse me, but Brian Strowman comes out and he's in a ring. He's got the universal title. And Brian, uh, uh, he said, I'm, you know, I wasn't lying about re erecting the dead, right? You know, I wasn't playing about that, right? And he just turns back into the Bray Wyatt of the, the Wyatt family. It's just like, and Braun Strowman's in the ring like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, 
just that dude. But him going up against him, it just never fit. It just never matched because the Fiend was so over at the time. Even though WWE did fuck up the Fiend at the end of that booking, it was just like he was just still over. He still found a way to be over. And but Brian coming back, I hope this is a better run this time. I I, I guess. Um, but I think this is why I wish I think Triple H. I hope Triple H don't do this shit that he screws Alpha Academy because I would like to see Alpha Academy versus the Usos. I've seen the Street Profits versus the Usos. Now, if you're gonna give me the Money in a Bank match and not the SummerSlam match, okay, we're having a different conversation. The New Day and the Usos always find a way to make a match memorable every time they get in the ring. Los Ladorios, I guess is the name. Los Ladorios is the name. I don't really know how they fit this match. I, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess, probably, but I don't know. I don't know about that, but yeah, I mean, it'd be a pretty dope match, but I still think, you know, I would like to see the Usos and uh, the Usos versus um, Alpha Academy. That's just my opinion. I would like to see that. Um, then it goes into what it goes into. Um, like I said, Raw was so goddamn far long ago. I can't even remember what the fuck happened on Raw. Um, I would like to say Damage Control came out. Bailey and her faction. And Bianca came out by herself, which again, like I said on the last episode that I did, I I think Sasha and Naomi should come back and be a part of this rivalry before they jump into the tag team title matches. Because it makes no sense. And you can build that at least until WrestleMania. Now, whenever they come back, that'd be a dope situation. We shall see. But for me, man, I would love to see Sasha and Naomi team with Bianca. That'd be dope as fuck. That'd be so dope. But Bianca comes out by herself. No Oscar, no Alexa. Just her by herself. And pretty much just tells them to, them, to their face, like, like, yo, like, like Bailey, you want your you want a title match? Let's 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 run it. Let's go. Let's let's fight right now. Let's get it going. And Bailey, being who Bailey is, is like I already beat you. I don't need a title match. When I want my title match, I get my title match. And I like that. I think that's a really smart idea. Now, do I think they rush it and do it at Extreme Rules? I don't know about that. Do they do it at Survivor Series? They can't because it's still supposed to be a brand versus brand situation. I'm assuming at Survivor Series. So what do you do? TLC, no. You do at the Royal Rumble. And that'd be a pretty interesting thing because then Bianca maybe could jump into the Royal Rumble match if she loses to Bailey. But I don't know when you I, – I, but my thing is, like, you do do it at Extreme Rules because there's no other reason why you would take the title off of Bianca until WrestleMania. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So if that's the plan is to have Bianca versus Bailey at WrestleMania, that's a long storyline you got to pretty much drag out. But um, but let's say Bianca drops the title to Bailey before then, and she's trying to now get her title back, like like she did like with uh, with Becky at like, a couple of years ago, like last year when she dropped it at SummerSlam, she got it back at WrestleMania. Do you drop it at Extreme Rules to to Bailey? But then you gotta have to you're gonna have to have the conversation if if that's the case, then and Bailey's a hot faction right now. Do you even? Damn, that's a hard conversation I have here. Mm, that's a hard one. I don't know. Because it's kind of like, do you give Bianca the title? Do you, do you tell her to drop it? But Bailey and her faction are so hot right now. 
Because they're going to clearly win the tag team titles eventually. And you know Sasha and Naomi are coming back. Do they win it this Monday? And then Sasha and Naomi come back? It's, it's, it's a lot going on with that situation. But like I said, I don't rush those matches. Like, like a lot of people are saying, give me those matches right now. Because you really don't have anybody after that. Like, who do you put up against Bailey for the next couple months until you get Bianca back to the, to the title match status? Do you put up against Alexa Bliss? That's cool, but then it's like, you're not going to give Alexa Bliss the title, which everybody's going to be screaming, give Alexa Bliss the title. So it just, it doesn't make any sense. I, it, that's going to be an interesting one. If you're going to do it, do it now. So Bailey could say I had a run with the title and it was memorable. And if you do do what you did with Bianca and Becky at WrestleMania, at least it makes sense. Um, even Neo and, and Dakota, like, if you give them the tag team titles, at least make it memorable. So when Sasha and Naomi do want the titles and they do win them back, it's back at WrestleMania. So, yeah, I think, I don't know. That's that's an interesting one. Um, then it goes into what? Uh, oh, it opened with Judgment Day. I forgot Judgment Day and it, it came out with, well, I kind of skipped them because I don't really follow. But Judgment Day came out with Dominic Mysterio, which again is the dumbest fucking thing WWE. This is the stupid shit WWE does. I would hope Triple H re. He does this differently than Vince would do, but he didn't. Um, like I said, I think Judgment Day should have won at Clash at the Castle and gave Dominic the opportunity to join them right then and there because it would have made more sense. But you do it on Monday Night Raw. Like, we didn't know he was going to join Judgment Day. That was kind of stupid for him to lose. For Judgment Day to lose to them is the dumbest thing in the world. I didn't understand that. Um, but Judgment Day comes out. And, it, well, Edge calls them out. Dominic Mysterio comes out. Ray comes out they, with them. Well, he comes out before them. And then they kind of have a conversation. He leaves. Which makes no sense because you let Edge get jumped by Judgment Day, which made no fucking sense. But then he has a match with Dominic, uh, Damian Priest. You know, he has a match with Damian Priest. And Dominic Mysterio helps Damian Priest win the match, which again is like the dumbest shit that doesn't make any sense. Like, if that was the case, you should have just did that shit Saturday. Like I said, Judgment Day has got too many starts and stops. Like, I don't like that shit. When you're trying to create a fraction of action like our Judgment Day, you don't need to give these motherfuckers that many starts and stops. It's like, give them the big, you're going to give them either the big push or just break them the fuck up. Like, I don't understand that shit. You added Dominic Mysterio, like I said, doesn't add an extra element to this damn group because we don't really know what this kid is yet still. And the jury's still out on this kid. We don't know what he is. But they kind of injure Edge's leg and... And now this Monday is supposed to be Dominic Mysterio versus Edge. And he's going to probably win that match. I would personally give him that match because he needs that match. And they need that match as a fraction. Now, does Ray get involved? That's a whole different conversation. Now, does he get involved? Maybe. But it's like only because he's just trying to stop himself from doing, to turn it more into, you know, a bad guy. But it's it's kind of stupid. Um, Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, this storyline is stupid. I'm going to be honest. I just don't like this storyline. It's very dumb. It would have been saved if you would have gave Judgment Day to win at Clash of the Castle to me. Because them beating now Ray and Edge up, it, it just makes it seem like that's what they're supposed to do. They're, it's four against two. That's what's supposed to happen now. 
but it would have been way more obvious and better if you would have just gave them the win at Clash of the Castle because now it's like, okay, we really are fucked. <laughs> but it's, it's, I don't, I don't like the storyline. I don't like it. It's stupid. It's ran its course. Like, it's over. Like, if they injure Edge, take him out, and then they injure Ray, like, I don't want to see this shit at WrestleMania. It's over. I don't really care that much about this storyline. It's it's kind of stupid, and it's done, and I don't really care about it. I mean, people could get at it, but it's just, it's, the story's not stupid. It's done. It's stupid to me. It's very, very stupid to me. Um, also, Theory comes out and cuts a promo also, which was interrupted by Kevin Owens. <laughs> Yo, I'm, 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 I need people to understand something. Vince McMahon did not know what to do with Kevin Owens. The man he let beat John Cena the first time on the main roster at a pay-per-view. That man. He didn't know what to do with him. Triple H comes in. And already has Kevin Owens as a prize fighter that at any moment could strike and take titles away from anybody he sees fit. This is different. This is what we've been screaming about certain people. You don't have to do a lot. Just let them beat them. Get the fuck out the way. Stop being so goddamn creative. And just let them be them because that's the creativeness of it all. He comes out, interrupts Theory. Him and Theory goes into a promo. And then Kevin Owens at Theory fight. And he beats Theory. Which again, this is why I say, please take the money in the bike briefcase off of Theory. It's, it makes no sense to have this kid with the money in the bike briefcase if he can't beat Kevin Owens. If he can't beat uh, Seth Rollins. Riddle. Roman Reigns. If he can't beat any of these people, why the fuck does he have the briefcase? If he can beat them cleanly, why the fuck does he have the briefcase? Does anybody fucking know? Probably not. Um, but this is this is the thing about WWE under Vince and WWE under Triple H. The wrestlers are more. Obvious. Like, this is the obvious things to do with certain people. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, like, guys like that. It's so goddamn easy and obvious. Just give them the goddamn... Just give it to them. Just let them run, man. It's... Man, 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 man. This is... This is... Ugh, man. Um... And then, of course, uh... It closes out with, um... The Miz versus Bobby Lashley um, in a steel cage match. Um, eh. Like, the, the match was really just setting up uh, Dexter Loomis finally getting his hands on The Miz, which is the more important thing, I guess, if you want to say it like that. Um, that's the most more important thing. Um, Dexter Loomis finally got his hands on The Miz that we all saw, and 
outside of kidnapping. Um, yeah, but I mean, Bobby Lashley still wins the title, keeps the title, great. Um, that's awesome. I'm starting to get to the point with the Bobby Lashley run of the U.S. title. It's like, I think we need to get rid of him. I think we need to get rid of the title on him. I think we need to give it to somebody that can actually... Because it's like the matches that, that they're trying to create for Bobby Lashley isn't even real matches. It's like just shit that he can he can physically just already do. Like the fact that they wrote they hurt his leg, his his arm in a match, but he never played like his arm was really that hurt. That to me didn't sit right because it's like, bro, you're gonna play like your your arm is hurt. Like if they really did all this damage to your arm, make it feel like they did damage to your fucking arm, and they, he never. In that match, the entire time, it never seemed like he felt like it was really in danger. Like, he never felt like he was really in danger of losing the title. And that, to me, is like, then what the fuck you had a match in a steel cage for? Like, it didn't even feel like he was in danger to lose the title. Like, it, it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. And I'm like, yo, this shit didn't make any sense. It didn't make any fucking sense. Um, he wins the match. But like I said, I like Bobby Lashley. But I like him as a champ, like the WWE champion. I don't like him as the United States because it just makes it seem like – and him as a face sucks. Am I the only person that realized that? Like, him as a face sucks. Him being a good guy sucks. He needs to be the ass-kicking Bobby Lashley, the, the almighty. He needs to get back with the with uh, MVP. And he probably do bring back to her business because this motherfucker as a, as a face, it sucks, man. Like – Am I the only one to realize that? Like, he sucks as a good guy. Good guy. Like, this isn't like uh, Bobby Lashley in 2006. Like, when he first got to WWE. Like, he was ECW champion fighting Umaga at WrestleMania. Like, this ain't the same Bobby Lashley. Like, he did great as a fucking heel champion. Like, it was the best I've ever seen him be professionally. And he sucks as a U.S. champion right now. Maybe because he is supposed to be the good guy. He's supposed to be smiling and happy and get him back with MVP and let's see him run this shit. Because let's be real, Omos is not going to be on TV like that no more. And MVP is too valuable to not have as that guy. So that's my mindset. All in all, Raw, it's still number two. Like, they're the number two show. Let's get this shit out the way. They're the number two show. It's not even close. Uh, Yeah. They're the number two show, man. Compared to SmackDown, they're the number two show. All right. Now let's get into SmackDown. Uh, uh, speaking of the number one show, SmackDown. Um, SmackDown don't miss, man. I don't know what the fuck it is with SmackDown, but them bitches don't fucking miss. Starts off out the gate on SmackDown with literally the best fucking match I've seen in a long time between. And uh, uh, by the way, I'm going to do uh, my top five matches, top. 10 ma- top five matches of 2022. I got two already. Well, oh shit, there have been a lot of good matches in 2022 for me. So I might have to do 10. But but I'm going to do my top 10 uh, best matches in 2022. Uh, and that's, of course, going to be at the end of the year. I'm not going to do it now. But at the end of the year, because there's still a lot of pay-per-views, still a lot of matches to go. But definitely, I already have, like, Sheamus and Walter, I don't know where it's coming in, but it's damn sure in the conversation. That and the Seth Rollins and Cody Rose WrestleMania match. Um, all the hell in the cell. They got like two really great matches, but I'm going to have to figure that one out. But And then, of course, Roman and 
and Roman and Drew and Roman and Brock. Like, there's been a lot of great matches, but I'm going to figure out. But definitely that's coming soon at the end of this year. I don't know where any of these matches might land. They might not even land on the list at all compared to what I feel. So that's definitely coming at the end of the year. So be on the lookout for the wrestling life top 10 uh, best matches of the year list. That's at the end of this year. So you have already been hurt. That is the first thing. But getting back into it, Aperium is back in a freaking open up SmackDown with a six-man tag team match against the, uh, what is their name? The the Brawling Brewers or something like that. Um, Between Sheamus, Pete Dunn, and Rich Holland versus the versus Imperium. And they brought back pretty much what the Clash of the Castle was. And I personally thought this match would be at Extreme Rules, but they happened right then and there. At the, and plus, I also thought it'd probably be like a little bit of a, disqualification so they can really have it at extreme rules but apparently run this uh cleanly but at the end of the day man this is six of the hardest hitting motherfuckers in 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 wwe a lot of hard hitting a lot of physical fighting and this is why this rivalry might be the best fucking rivalry right now in wwe like this might be the best rivalry between the brawling brutes and and, and the period this might be the best rivalry. Like, it really might be. The fact that you got now P. Dunn and Walter, who, if you don't know, P. Dunn was the longest reigning champion in NXT UK history. I mean, shit, maybe in NXT history. Um, 600 and some days as the UK champion until he lost to Walter, who is Gutter now and the Intercontinental champion. So that's already history into that, and Imperium helped him with that rivalry. So, yeah. Yeah, Rich Holland, who was a hard-hitting person in NXT, you know, I think he got caught up a little bit too fast, but that's just me, um, but, um, but yeah, him too, and Sheamus is just that guy, man, and I'm, I'm very goddamn happy that Sheamus is starting to get that love again, because Sheamus has kind of been with, like, like a Cesaro type, like, Unlike Cesaro, Sheamus has actually been a champion. He's been the face of the company before, but it's just like now it's kind of like okay, they're really again pushing this man again, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, I like the match. I thought the, the six man tag was incredible. Like I said, I would love to see it at Extreme Rules, but I got it at on um, on SmackDown, so I'm not complaining at all that I got it at all that I got that damn match. Anyway, <laughs> it goes into um. Then it goes into another um match, the tag the women tag team champions, uh Raquel and Aaliyah versus um Toxic Attraction NXT. I think they're gonna get called up eventually. I I, I do think Toxic Attraction. Maybe not, they're gonna get called up in the draft. I don't think they're gonna get called up right now because they still got uh Mandy Rose with the titles. They're going to get caught up in the draft. I think all three of them are going to get caught up in the draft. Uh, and they're going to go to SmackDown. Um, but that's after WrestleMania. So they got a long road. But um, I like how uh, uh, Triple H is now starting to put NXT more now on TV. And not just on NXT. He's actually bringing them to the main roster. And letting them get the feel of the main roster. So when they do get called up, they're not rookies. They actually have been in the ring with these people before. So they know how to go strength to strength. Match a match. Like, they know how to do this. But I like how he's doing this. And, of course, the Women's Tag Team Champions won. They got to keep building them up because they're about to fight um, EO and Dakota Monday night. 
should they lose? We shall see. I personally don't think you should let them lose, especially not on Monday Night Raw. It's too weird. I think if you're going to push this situation, at least push it to extreme rules, then put them in a title match, and then let them lose. Um, but, yeah. Um, then there was uh, another – it was an eight-man tag, actually. Eight-man – well, I'm fucking up. Before the eight-man tag, there was the now introduction. The now officially – he is officially a part of the bloodline. Solo, Solo Sankara is officially a part of the bloodline. His brothers welcome him in, the Usos. I got to just say, Rikishi uh, cursed his kids. Good God. I thought me and my, my siblings look alike. I couldn't tell none of them motherfuckers apart. <laughs> I couldn't tell none of them motherfuckers apart. I'm like, me? Outside of the baby because of the hair is blonde, that's the only reason why I could tell Solo Sankara apart from Jimmy and Jake. Yes, but if his hair was like dead, oh my god, bro, I'd be like, who, is he not a third, like, he's, he's gotta be, that's gotta be triplets, they gotta be triplets, like, I would have been like, this motherfucker triplets, like, there's no way in hell that's their younger brother, fuck no, that, <laughs> go look at him, I'm, I'm like, go look at it, I'm dead ass serious, Rakishi cursed his kids, Lord, them, all of them motherfuckers are like, god, like, ah, that, if it wasn't for the blind hair, would you motherfuckers know a difference? Let's be real. Would you motherfuckers know the difference? Maybe because of the tattoos, but other than that, would you know the difference? You barely know the difference between Jimmy and Jake. You telling me you would know the difference between Solo Sakari and them up? Come on, bro. Get <laughs> that shit out the way. Um, but anyway, uh, the promo was cut, and Drew McIntyre, like he should, come out. But before we get into the Drew McIntyre coming out, the promo, before they even introduce this man, I got to just give Sami Zayn. <laughs> I got to give Sami Zayn so much goddamn respect. This man here, man, is carrying the storyline. I'm getting to the point where I'm like, do you even want to brain Paul Heyman back? Do you brain Paul Heyman back after this storyline is done? Because, I mean, Paul Heyman is there. Paul Heyman is actually writing SmackDown. So he's there. He's writing SmackDown, so he's in the back. He's actually there in the shows, but he's just not physically on camera right now because he's running SmackDown. But this is what I'm thinking. Like you gotta, you gotta, like think about this for a second. Think about this for a second. Do you even bring Paul Heyman back right now? Roman's not gonna be on TV, and Sammy and the Usos could clearly, Sammy and the Usos and Solo Sankara could clearly carry. The storyline. They could carry the bloodline storyline without Roman. And Roman's not going to be back until maybe Survivor Series. So, do you even bring Paul Heyman back until Royal Rumble? Like, until they turn on Sammy. Do you bring Paul Heyman back? Maybe you bring him back the night they turn on Sammy. Like, it's got to be some sense of, like, why you're going to turn on this man. So, do you even bring Paul Heyman back until then? Because Sami Zayn is carrying this storyline. This is the thing about Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman carried the storyline for them. And then it got, it got like, it kind of got, like, dry, and it just, like, okay, this shit doesn't make any sense. But Sami Zayn right now is carrying 
this storyline with Roman or without Roman. Him and Jay having problems, like, it's great. Because then Jimmy has to be, like, the voice of reason. Now they got their little brother there. Now what are you going to do with that situation? Does he side more with Jimmy? Does he side more with Jay? Does he side more with Jimmy and Roman that just let Sammy be Sammy? Leave him the fuck alone. He's helping us. Like, where does he... This is an interesting thing. Sammy Zayn is carrying this storyline. Like, he's actually made the storyline actually a better storyline. Finally, it's been a minute since I can actually say this storyline actually makes sense. It actually makes sense. And they needed somebody like this. They needed somebody that could come in and do that. They needed that. They needed somebody to re-energize the storyline because Paul Heyman couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And Sami Zayn's kind of like starting to become like the the a younger version of Paul Heyman, where well Paul Heyman would never jump in, get involved in certain matches and shit. No, 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 no. But I can see, you know, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn's been costing a lot of people matches because he's jumping in and helping them. It's it's interesting, man. I like Sami Zayn with the storyline. This shit is incredible. It's just incredible. And he's earning their respect. That's the crazy part. Except Jay. And Jay's just waiting for the moment to turn it, to, to get them to turn on him. And I think that's an interesting thing because eventually, we all know, we can see it, Kevin Owens is going to get involved in this storyline with them. We just don't know when. Kevin Owens is going to get involved in this storyline with Sami Zayn, and they're going to go up against the Usos eventually. I don't know when, but they're going to do it. Um, but I like this storyline, man. I really, 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 really like the storyline um but they bring out their little brother then drew mcintyre comes out and pretty much and i gotta give their brother a lot of credit he just standing in the ring like i wish you would come in this motherfucking ring right now while i'm in this bitch he <laughs> drew <laughs> drew walks up to the ring with a chair hit him get in the ring and as soon as Drew's about to hit his ass with the chair in the back sammy Zayn. Saves that little brother. Takes the chair shot. They all get out the ring. And instantly, you're realizing, holy shit, like, Sammy just saved their brother. So why is Jay still mad? Because he just saved his brother. And that's just the interesting, that's so goddamn good, man. That's a storyline. That's a good storyline. I'm sorry, that's a good storyline, man. But then they make the match at the end of the at the end of the show. Sami Zayn versus Drew. I mean, not Sami. Solo Sakara versus Drew McIntyre, which is an incredible fight between those two men. Um, but before that match, there was a match, the eight man tag match, where it was the Street Profits and Hit Row versus uh Los Adoros. Los, I'm fucking with the people's names. Lost <laughs> and uh MMM. I don't know what the fuck that damn thing. Like, it, the male Max model, some shit, which is the stupidest name. And I, I don't know if these motherfuckers didn't reach back into the time machine and peeled out uh, Billy and Chuck with uh, Rico. <laughs> like, if anybody remembers that time frame in WWE with Billy and Chuck <laughs> and Rico, it's like, this is kind of what it reminds me of. It's like, Okay, this is just Billy and Chuck, Rico 2022 version. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like, this is just Billy and Chuck, or Rico 2022 version. Like, it's nothing different. Um, But, 
And they're still pushing this shit. I don't know why, but they're still pushing this shit. Um, but uh, the Street Profits win. What they should have won. They should win. It's, it's kind of obvious. Hit Row and Street Profits should win. Hit Row is starting to now starting to kind of get themselves established. I mean, everybody has this like this stupid ass rivalry before they really do pop off and go do bigger shit. But eh, this is eh. um, but um, and then it goes into. Uh, Alpha Academy coming out there, which again mixing Raw and SmackDown, which makes sense. And of course, Street Profits and Alpha Academy are going to be in the Fatal Four Way match next week to the crown the number one contenders for the tag team titles. So they need to get established with the SmackDown crowd. So, well, at least on SmackDown. So it goes into uh, then it goes into uh, you know Alpha Academy coming out there calling out the the crowd, the city, Seattle, what are we doing in Seattle, what the hell is this, and Brian Strowman comes out, and wrecks him, and this is why I say again, I don't want to see Alpha Academy get put in a rivalry against Brian Strowman, I get it, you kind of have to, because it makes sense right now, but I would love to see Alpha Academy versus the Usos, I think it would be a really good match. Two different strengths. And, yeah, it just, it, that makes more sense to me. I don't know why, but it just makes more sense that Alpha Academy versus the Usos. But Brian Strowman comes out, Alpha Academy puts up a fight, but they get their ass whooped. Let's be real. They're going to get their ass whooped. Um, yeah, Brian Strowman is the monster amongst, amongst men. We're not surprised that he can beat the living hell out of Alpha Academy. We're not surprised by that. Um, then he goes into the main event. No, 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 I skipped the match. Uh, the fatal five-way elimination match to crown the number one contender for Liv Morgan's Women's Championship. This was as simple as it could be. Ronda Rousey's in a match. Ronda Rousey's going to win that match. That was as simple as it's going to be. There, there's nothing to super... The only thing that was interesting was actually after the fucking match when she walks into Shayna Baszler and Shayna Baszler's like, yo, like, you know, congratulations, you fucking live, congratulations, and Ron is like, I can see, I can see you're hurt, I can see you want another shot at this, and, you know, and she was just like, Ron was like, hey man, if you need any tips on fighting live, you know, I got you, and Ron was like, well, if you need any help getting back into breaking bones and, and, and making people bleed, I got you, <laughs> you can see, I don't know if they're gonna turn that into a tag team, but they're gonna make that into just a plain old rivalry. I don't know which one is which, but that's an interesting one. Like I said, if I was WWE, I'd make that an extreme. I'd make it a triple threat match at Extreme Rules. But Liv wins, but at least we would now know Ronda and Shayna have more in common than we think, which would also make an interesting tag team to go up against EO and Dakota or Sasha and Naomi. So, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with that storyline, but that's a pretty interesting storyline. That's a pretty interesting storyline. Um, and then it goes into, then it goes into the main event, Solo Sakara and uh, Drew McIntyre. And a really good match, like I said. It's a really, really good match. Um, the bloodline surrounding the ring. Like it's a lumberjack match. Um, and, and, then uh, it breaks down into a huge 
uh, brawl outside, which brings out the Street Profits, which again, this is why I feel like the Street Profits is going to probably win a Fatal 4-Way match next, next week. Because it makes sense to give it, because they're still kind of like embroiled into a robbery with the Usos. And it, uh, it's a really good match. Uh, but it ends in a no disqualification. Why did it end in a no disqualification? Because Karrion Cross finally decides to make his presence felt on Drew McIntyre and pretty much tried to choke his ass all the way the fuck out. And, 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 Look, we already know this is going to happen in Extreme Rules. Let's just make the match official. Um, but what is it for? And I think it's going to be to fight Roman eventually. And this is why I said what I said at the end of the last episode. I think if I was WWE, I would put Roman versus Seth versus Riddle, Drew versus Karrion. Both of those matches are number one contender matches. Seth and Riddle for the WWE Championship to fight Roman at Survivor Series. Drew and Karrion Cross for the Universal title to fight him at Survivor Series. Double title matches. At least you get one title off of Roman. Now that title go to Raw. It makes sense. The plan for WWE, I don't think WWE really truly knows what the fuck they want to do. And I think that they want to keep pushing Roman as the guy. And it, it's okay to keep pushing him as the guy, but I don't think he needs both titles to be pushed as the guy. That's the crazy part. He doesn't need both titles. If he loses one, he still is the other champion. And that's the thing. Like, he was already the guy when he was the Universal title champion. Why the fuck do we need two titles? And now that you now hear, and now that you now hear, um, now that you now hear that the plan is to, to, to make Roman more of the, the clear-cut generational best re- fighter, best wrestler of this era. But here's the thing. He's, he's going to get respected more so because of Roman's not better than Seth. Roman's not better than Seth. Roman's not better than Kevin Owens. Roman's not better than Yeah, he's not better than Seth. He's not better than Kevin Owens. He's not better than Cody Rhodes. He's not better than Kenny Omega. He's not better than Adam Cole. He's not better than <laughs> He's just not better. He's not even better than he's not better than John Moxley. He's not better. Like he's just the company favorite, and that's 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 that doesn't help in a conversation of he's gonna have the number, but it, nobody gives a fuck when you don't fight every day, when we don't really see you, and every time we see you, it's the same shit. So it's like, what the fuck are you really screaming about? He's the best what part timer that we've ever seen. Okay, great. He's the best part timer we've ever seen. But he doesn't deserve to be the face of the company when you don't fucking fight every pay-per-view. You're not on every show. You don't do everything that a lot of these guys are doing. And that's why I feel like them pushing him like they pushing him. And here's the thing. He's, and people, I saw a lot of people say, well, Roman's supposed to get booed. He's a heel. That's what's supposed to happen. No, not like that. Like... It's a difference between you getting booed and you and people starting to feel like you don't deserve to be the guy. That's the difference. Like back in the day when he used to get booed, a lot of people was like, "You're forcing him to be the guy." It's and now we start to get to the point where we're getting fatigued with him being the guy all day. It's like, 
You don't be at the shows. You don't fight everybody. You're barely on TV. And when you do come to an arena, it's for like a quick 20 minutes. You sit in the back for most of that time. And it just, yeah, I, I would hope Triple H would know that. And he would get to the point where he would be like, you know what? There's something about Roman. We it, it, we can keep the universal title on him, like I said, because he's he's that's the longest title he's had. And nobody's on SmackDown that you could really other than Drew and Karrion, like those are not really any guys that you feel like could really beat him. But Raw, you know Raw needs a title. And that is the fucked up part. It's like, what do you do? All in all, man, um I don't know what happens with WWE right now. I feel like every time I do an episode, I tell people, like, get the title off of Roman. Because it's it, it, one of the titles have to get off of Roman. It doesn't make any sense for him to be a part-timer. Just have just signed a new reduced schedule where he's not going to be on TV as much. He's not going to be at, at shows as much. And he's the face of your fucking company. When Seth is really out here doing this shit every day. When Riddle is out here doing this shit every day. When Drew is out here doing this shit every day. When Kevin Owens is out here doing this shit every day. When Karrion Cross is out here doing it. Sheamus. Walter. Like, why is he the guy again? Because he's The Rock's cousin? Because he's a part of a Samoan dynasty? Okay, but so is Jimmy and Jay. And y'all give them motherfuckers WWE championships. So why is it him? All in all, man. SmackDown was incredible. Um, I will always give my SmackDown's always been one of my favorite shows since I was a kid because they just always knew how to put on TV, man. And same thing now, where SmackDown is starting to kind of feel like the 2002, 2003, 2004 SmackDown, where you had Eddie, you had Edge, you had Chavo, you had Ray, you had Kurt Angle, you had Chris Benoit. Like it's starting to feel like that. Brock Lesnar, Big Show, Undertaker, Booker T. Eventually, like it felt like okay, this is different. SmackDown has always been a line of opportunities, and I wish it gets back to that, and I hope it does very, very soon. So, hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.